1: have asked for another text on what to do when going through hard times and even though we've had a lot of fun here this morning we all have hard times don't we and let's look at another text in Isaiah and this is found in chapter 7 and verse 4 and here it says be careful keep calm and don't be afraid in other words don't fall apart and let's turn to another text which goes with this one, 1 Peter, First Peter and chapter 5. And this is also very good advice. Chapter 5 and verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Now that's similar similar to what Isaiah said. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The old devil is always cooking up trouble, isn't he? And when trouble comes, we often cry out, why me, Lord? I know I used to do that as a young Christian. Why me? Until it dawned on me one day, why not? me. After all, I'm a part of the human race, so why should I escape any times of troubles? Just living on this planet is a risky business, but it's worth the risk. And for every bit of sadness, there's a whole lot of gladness. And in verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith, Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so that's also something to remember, isn't it? We're not the only ones. In times of trial or troubles, we're not the only ones. There are millions around the world suffering, and many of them going through terrible suffering. And so let's never forget that. We're never on our own. There are others too. And then verse 10, just sums it all up and puts it in perspective. And the God of all grace, how much? All grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.
0: desperation. You have climbed, you have fought, you have won. But this valley that lies coldly before you, that's a shadow you cannot overcome. And just when you thought you had it all, to get you through, but this time all the sorrow
2: We want to welcome those who are watching on Three Angels Broadcasting Network and other stations across the United States of America. Our topic today is the Temple of Doom and Going Back to the Future, the Omens and the Signs of the Times. I want you to take your Bibles, dear people, and turn to Matthew 24. Is everybody happy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 is called by Bible scholars, the little apocalypse. Matthew 24, is called the little apocalypse because its themes are uh, expanded uh, in, the, in the book of Revelation, which of course is the apocalypse. Matthew 24, verse 1 and onwards gives us the context. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. This is one of the, the greatest chapters in the Bible, and it talks about the great Jewish temple. And Matthew 24 is one of the grandest of all prophecies. Now, those of you who are sitting down the front will be able to see these pictorial aids better than those sitting up the back. Here we have the city of Jerusalem, just to the northwest of the Dead Sea. And in the city of Jerusalem was built one of the great marvels of that old world. And that was the marvel of the Jewish temple. Now, when we talk about the sanctuary most of us have a a mental image of the sanctuary in the wilderness, which was only a little building. Although it was beautiful and full of significance, it was only a little building, nothing quite like the great Jewish temple that was built in the days of King Herod. The size of this temple is almost impossible for us to comprehend. As you can see, those of you who are sitting down the front, and you see it's better to sit down the front because that's where all the action is. Is that so? Well, not really. We get action in every stage of this church. But we get it down the front on occasions too. But from, from north uh, to south, this is this, this area here, this is the north, going to the south, that temple was 1,500 feet. And from east to west, across here, the temple was was about 1,000 feet across. Tremendous building. Standing down here and gazing up, it was about 150 feet. And this was simply the foundation. The foundation was made of these colossal great white stones, a, a limestone, and many of those stones were 30 feet long, and uh, about four feet high, and weighed many, many tons. There were some stones in the foundation of the Jewish temple that was 60 feet long, six uh, six feet high, and ten feet through. It was certainly one of the marvels of the old world. And the disciples came and they said, Jesus, look at this temple. It, It is certainly a wonderful spectacle, and it was. It was the pride of the Jewish world. And Jesus said, you see this? Not one stone is going to be left upon another. Everyone is going to be thrown down. Now, right on the very top, you can't see it here, but inside here, if you were in a helicopter, you could look down on the temple. Inside there, you would see some other buildings, such as the, the holy place and the most holy place. I had these pictures done for a movie we did in Australia called The Astounding World of the Prophets. But this is the temple proper that sits right on top, or used to sit on top of the, temple, of the great base area of the temple. There you have the holy place and the most holy place, and you can see the size of the people, like little dots. This great temple had two massive doors. And the doors to the, to the holy place were 82 feet high. 82 feet high and covered with gold. What a place. The most holy place that was about 100 feet high was covered with pure gold. And so it was a magnificent and a wonderful, a wonderful building. And Jesus said, the whole thing is going to be destroyed. Jesus said those words about 30 AD. Jesus said, you see it, every stone is going to be thrown down. I want you to notice with me now the remarkable fulfilment of this wonderful prophecy that Jesus gave. A few years later, Cestius Gallus, the Roman general from Syria, came against the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. But he did very little. He broke down one of the walls of Jerusalem and when it appeared in 66 A.D. that the great city of Jerusalem and the temple was going to be destroyed, Cestius Gallus, as Siegfried Horn said, for some inexplicable reason withdrew and went down the Beth Road to the coast. And the Jews struck a coin that said, in our first year of liberty we've won the battle. But Jesus said, you see this place? It's going to be completely destroyed. And a few years later, the Romans came back. And in 70 AD, the city of Jerusalem was raised to the ground. And you can see here, as the artist has tried to put it down, you can see the havoc and the chaos that came upon that city. Inside the city of Jerusalem on that occasion... Josephus, the Jewish historian says, there were one million Jews. And, and the horror that those people went through was, was almost beyond description. Thousands of people were beaten to death in civil wars. Tens of thousands of people starved to death because they ran out of food. And people left the city of Jerusalem like rats leaving a sinking ship and when they came out the Romans got those poor people, those people who were the citizens of Jerusalem and they discovered that some of them had been swallowing gold to get their riches out of the city and the Romans started a policy, every Jew who came out of the city was taken by the Roman soldiers and slid slit open and his bowels while he was still alive searched for pieces of gold. And in the very spot where Jesus Christ was crucified at Calvary, the crosses were so thick together you couldn't walk between the crosses. Every word of the prophecy came to pass. And I want you to know today this, listen to me, you and I can have faith in the words of Jesus and faith in the words of the Bible because the word of God is true. The prophecies of the Bible are true. Now, I want you to notice something else here, please. I want you to come over uh, with me to the book of Daniel, if you don't mind. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 26. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 26. Now, this prophecy was given about 500 years before Jesus came down to this world. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 26, written five or six hundred years before Christ. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off. That's Jesus, the Messiah. The anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now these are very, very significant and important words. I want you to notice that last sentence. The Bible says, the people, now come, come. we'll start at the beginning of verse 26, 26. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one, that is the Messiah, will be cut off, that means he'll be murdered, put to death, and will have nothing. What does it say? Say it with me. The people of the ruler. Who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Then it says, The end will come like a flood, war will will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. Does it say there, my friend, that the ruler who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary? Does it say that? What does it say in the Bible? Come on, come alive. The people of the ruler who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary because this building was was so magnificent because it cost a king's ransom to build because it took so many years to build because it was one of the wonders of the age Titus the Roman general said destroy the city but don't touch the sanctuary he said don't touch the sanctuary And what happened was this. At the end of 70 AD, a Roman soldier, in spite of what was said to him by his general, took a flaming torch and went down to the Jewish temple. This great temple you can see here, got inside the temple and he flung the torch into the temple. And some of the curtains caught on fire. When Titus heard about it, he got a bunch of Roman soldiers and he came down and he said, Put out the fire, we are not going to touch the temple. We will kill the Jews, but we will not touch the temple. By this time, some of the gold in the temple had become molten. And the gold was running out of the temple and running down the stairs. And the Roman soldiers became crazy. They took out their swords and they waded into the masses of people. And soon the blood of the soldiers was mingling with the the gold. And Titus holding up his staff of office that represented Caesar said, put out the fire, save the temple. But the Bible said, the people of the prince who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Every word of the prophecy came to pass. Therefore, the first great truth I want you to know today is this, that you and I can believe in the words of Jesus and we can believe in the word of Bible prophecy. We can put our faith, we can put our faith in the word of God and in the prophecies of the Bible. Now, I want you to notice another wonderful prophecy. I think this is is one of the the greatest prophecies that you can find anywhere in the Bible, I want you to come to Matthew 24, verses 15 to 18, please. Matthew 24, and verse 15 to 18. Now Jesus said, Matthew 24, 15 to 18, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one who was in the field go back to get his cloak. Now Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, Jesus said, then get out of the city and flee to the mountains. How could this happen? How could this happen? how could the disciples of Jesus flee to the mountains when the city was surrounded by the Roman soldiers? That's exactly what Jesus told his people to do. He said, when you see the city surrounded by the soldiers, then flee to the mountains. Now, I want you to notice a parallel passage. It is found in Luke 21, verse 20 and 21. Luke 21 And verse 20 and 21. Luke 21 verse 20 and 21. This is a parallel passage because Luke 21 goes through almost the same material. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. So Jesus said, the city's going to be overthrown, and that happened. But Jesus said, before the city is overthrown, you're going to see the abomination, the Antichrist, come and stand in the holy place that's around Jerusalem. He said, when you see the army surrounding Jerusalem, then you'll know that is the sign to flee. But my friend, if I were to say to you today, when your house is surrounded by the enemy, then flee, you would say, too late. In 66 AD, the armies of Rome stood around the city of Jerusalem under Cestius Gallus. Inside the city, there were more than a million Jewish people and a group... Of Jewish Christians who remembered the words of the Messiah, and they said, "This is the sign, this is the predictor sign. this is the prophecy. we are now to flee, but it was impossible to flee and Then what I referred to before happened: Cestius Gallus, for some inexplicable reason, gave up the fight and withdrew down the Bethoran road. The Roman soldiers uh, met the the Jews in the passes. At Beth Horon, And the Jews in one day killed 6,000 Roman soldiers and believed that the Roman forces would never come back. When the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem on that occasion remembered the words of Jesus and when they fled, they fulfilled the prophecy and they fled to our little town in the Decapolis by the name of Pella. And the good news I want to tell you today, that in the awful siege of Jerusalem, when, when, pe- when people were put to death by the, by the hundreds of the thousands, when people were butchered, there was not a single believer. Not one person who believed in the words of Jesus, because the believers had obeyed the word of God, and they had fled to the mountains. Therefore, the first great truth... I want to establish in your pure holy minds today is this. The words of Jesus came to pass. Words of Jesus came to pass. Every word of the prophecies of the Bible, inspired by God, came to pass. Therefore, I say this to you. If the words of Jesus concerning the destruction of Jerusalem came to pass... If the prophecies he gave back there concerning the chosen people of God came to pass, then you and I can have confidence in the prophecies concerning us in the last days. Therefore, we are going to notice now the great signs of the times. Jesus said certain signs are going to take place. Now, listen carefully. Matthew 24 is a dual prophecy. That means it's a double prophecy. When Jesus gave the prophecy of Matthew 24, dearly beloved, Jesus had in mind the overthrow of the Jewish temple and the city of Jerusalem. Now listen to this. The overthrow of the Jewish temple and Jerusalem was a type are an illustration of the end of the world. And those things that happened back there are going to be repeated on a worldwide scale before Jesus comes. And the signs that Jesus gave back there concerning the overthrow of the Jewish nation, those signs are going to be repeated on a worldwide scale. The prophecies of Matthew 24 have already been fulfilled but in our day they are going to be filled full. Fulfilled back there but filled full in the last days. Therefore, notice with me the principle and the great signs of the coming of the Lord. Would you please come to Matthew 24? Please come to Matthew 24, verses 1 to 3, and onwards. And remember, this is a double prophecy. This is a dual prophecy. Matthew 24, Jesus left the temple, was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked, I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be, what does it say? The sign sign of your coming. And what? The end of the age. And so the disciples had the idea that the only thing that could destroy the Jewish temple would be the end of the world. And so they said to Jesus, what is going to be the sign of your coming out of the end of the world which they felt would take place when the temple was destroyed? And so Jesus gave them a prophecy concerning what would happen before Jerusalem was overthrown and those things that happened before Jerusalem was overthrown will be repeated in the last days on a worldwide scale and Jesus will come and there will be the destruction of the earth as we understand it. Please read on. Matthew chapter 24, verse four. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains, or the birth pangs. Do you know that prophecy has been fulfilled? Do you know that? Before Jerusalem went up in fire... Around the Roman Empire, there were dreadful earthquakes, and there were famines, and there were pestilences. And Jesus said, after you see these things, Jerusalem will be destroyed. But Jesus said, as it was back there, so it is going to be in the last days. The Bible teaches that some of the great massive signs of the last days, the birth pangs of the new age are going to be these earthquakes. Harold Follett uh, was talking to me this morning. He's going to be down here in two weeks' time when the representative from Russia is here. He was saying to me, did you hear that Japan just had an earthquake this morning? I can't confirm it, but he said, I hear there's been another great earthquake. Jesus said, there are going to be people who will claim to be messiahs. When I opened my mail yesterday and got Time magazine out, on the front there was the cover that said, Cult of Doom. And it spoke about these fanatics that are arising in the world that are not motivated by love of God, but are controlled by evil spirits. And all of these groups have one great thing in mind. You know what they believe? They believe that the end of the world is coming. And they believe that God has called them to be messiahs. And here is apparently this man in Japan who takes this terrible gas that was invented by the Nazis and he lets it loose in the subways. Then as I was reading Time or Newsweek or... One of those magazines, USA News and World Report, it said we are living in the most serious era in the history of the world because a fanatic today, and are there fanatics today? Mm. We are living, my friend, in an age which is going crazy. I'm telling you. We are living in an age which is going crazy and people's minds are becoming unhinged. And there is only one ultimate solution to it and you know what it is. It is the coming of Christ. All the programs in this world are not going to cure the, the pains of this poor old world. But Time Magazine said for $10,000 you can buy enough of this poison to kill 10 million people. Hmm. Now it's said to make a nuclear weapon is a little more expensive. That's a few million. But the Russians have got tons of plutonium on their hands and they, they don't know what to do it. And I've been to Russia now nine times and I know the chaos that is enveloping that marvelous and wonderful nation. And the Russian government with the American government is afraid that terrorists are going to get plutonium. And we have today the rise of fanatics People who are possessed by spirits that are not the spirits of God, but they think they are. They think they are self-proclaimed messiahs. And the Bible says, don't think it's going to get any better. It's going to get worse before Jesus comes. And the Bible says, these are the birth pangs of the new age when Jesus comes read on please read on verse 9 then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me great persecution will arise at that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness the love of most the love of who? The love of who? The love of most will grow cold. Now I've got a strong word for you today and I'm not going to hold back. You and I need to build our faith not upon sentimentality and not upon feeling and emotion but upon thus saith the Lord. We need to be people of the book. The Bible says the love of most is going to grow cold. That means the majority of people who profess to believe in God in the last days are going to give up. And the Bible says iniquity is going to abound. I say to you today on the authority of Holy Scripture that we are living in the time of the fulfillment of these prophecies. As I told you before when we had that little bit of excitement, when Beverly and I went up on Tuesday to see this beautiful 4-pound, 13-ounce baby girl, but Harold says 5 pounds, and Edie said the baby's put on 3 pounds in the last three days. Boy. Beverly says she can do that easily. (laughs) As we were coming back, I told you this. Here in Glendale, in one of the good parts of Glendale, Bob, this is your old town. We stopped at the lights. There's another car in front of us, and we stopped outside a house. And they're the police, who'd want to be a policeman in Los Angeles? You know, I know it's great, isn't it, to criticize the police in Los Angeles. Who'd want to be a policeman here? Mm, don't get a lot of amens there on that one, do I? It's a tough town. And there were eight policemen going into a place and carrying, they had their guns out, had guns out, had flak jackets on. I said to Beverly, hmm? I said, let's stop and see what happens. She said, let's get out of here. <laughs> and she was a lot wiser. Yeah, We could have been caught in a crossfire. I never thought when I lived in Australia that I'd be in a place We'd see policemen running in with flak jackets on and guns out. How bad does it have to get? Have you folks forgotten about the LA riots? Have you you forgotten about that? When the place was on fire, we saw some great people today, we saw a fire engine go past. It was a red one. Out in Thousand Oaks, they're yellow. It's awful to have a yellow fire engine. All, all should be read. But he was a fire engine that went past us. And I said, I admire those people. And Beverly said, remember in the LA riots, lots of them were shot to death. They were murdered because they were trying to save people's property. And then people come and they say, but that's our liberty and that's our right. We can do those things. We are living, my friend, not only in a sinful society, but we are living in a sick society when people have turned away from God. And I want you to know this, I'm going to tell it to you, the judgment day is going to come upon this world. It's going to come. And these signs are going to be fulfilled. No, they're not going to be fulfilled. They are being fulfilled Because, verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. I want to be like that. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. It is going to be preached. But I want to tell you, Sister Helen, it's not going to be easy to preach this gospel. And today it is a lot easier to preach the gospel in the streets of the ex-Soviet Union than here in this great land. But the Bible says the gospel is going to be preached and the end is going to come. I was talking to a person whom I highly esteem as a man of God, a person I respect, and that is Robert Falkenberg, the president of the General Conference. I respect him because he's honest and he's committed to the preaching of the everlasting gospel. That's why I support the global mission outreach of the church because it is the will of God. He told us up there during the Sabbath school time of another baptism they've had in the north of China where 2,000 Chinese have been baptized in a mountain stream without the help of any pastors. When the communists came in there, because we had gone the way of institutionalism, we lost, when the communists came, when Mao Tung came, we lost all of our hospitals, we lost our publishing houses, and we lost our church members, almost to a man. In one great Adventist institution, the only person who remained true to God was the porter on the gate. The rest of the staff went with the communists. Did you know today that without help from outside, we've got more church members now in China than we've ever had before? Hundreds of... And hundreds of thousands. And this is not hype that comes from some inflated source. This is what the communist government says. The communist government says there are hundreds of thousands of Christians who are keeping the Sabbath and waiting for the coming of Jesus. The gospel is going to be preached. And it is being preached in Los Angeles. It is being preached around the world. And the devil may be mad about it, but it's going to be preached. And the Lord is going to come. Amen. Amen. Mm. Now read on. Now let me tell you folks something else, because my adrenaline is up today. I think my blood pressure too. <laughs> so it's tablets Norm Matico given me. Let me tell you something. The day is going to come very soon when it is going to be discovered who is a Christian and who isn't. The day is going to come when persecution is going to come upon this land. The day is going to come when in America our brothers and our sisters, maybe you and I, are going to be put in jail. This is going to happen and the day is going to come and it is going to reveal what sort of people we are. Whether we are people with our feet on the word of God or whether we are simply people who are shams. But the day that is coming is going to reveal it. And my message to you today is this, that the Lord is coming. The prophecies concerning Jerusalem came to pass. The signs back there, all of those signs were fulfilled. And Jerusalem suffered the faith that was taught in the Bible prophecies. We are living in the time when God is going to finish his work and cut us short in righteousness. Read on. Please. Verse 15, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, that's the Antichrist, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, this is a double application, God's people in the last days will be assaulted by the Antichrist and they'll have to flee. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of his house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. It doesn't sound as though the Sabbath is abolished. But in the last days, God is going to have a people who are keeping the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equal again, just like the destruction of Jerusalem. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect. If that were possible, see, I've told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, There he is, out in the desert, do not go out. Or, here he is, in the inner rooms, do not believe it. This is talking about the rise of spiritism. First, the lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, the Bible indicates here that in the last days, demonic forces will seize control of the human race. Now let me whisper this to you, if I can get in the frame of mind for whispering. Demonism is a real thing. There are, there are evil spirits. People do become demon-possessed. Before Jerusalem was destroyed because the people had rejected the Messiah and turned away from God, almost the entire city became demon-possessed. Thus there came crime and hatred, even cannibalism. And then there came the Roman and the wrath of God. In the last days, We are going to see demonism take hold of individuals. We're going to find that the day will come when it's going to be difficult to conduct meetings because of forces that will try to destroy the church of God. We will find that the preachers of the gospel who remain firm to God will suffer intimidation and death because of the forces that take over the world. Alan White made the statement, and I believe it, she said, the world is going to be involved in a ruin more terrible than that which came upon Jerusalem of old. Did you know when the Romans finally got into the city of Jerusalem, they found in the streets of Jerusalem around a million corpses. The rest crucified outside. Just a few thousand survivors that were sent to the galleys. The Bible said this is going to happen. And Jesus said it is going to happen again. My message to you is this. Listen to me. It comes to you from my heart, which is on fire for God today. We are living at the end of time, and Jesus, our Lord, is going to come soon. These tremendous prophecies are being fulfilled. I could talk about them more. But Jesus said, the day is going to come when you'll see the sign of the Son of Man in the heavens. And then all the earth is going to mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. I believe today that we are living in the era when Jesus is going to come back in glory. So what should we do? What should we do? We should believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus said to the people back there, you didn't know the time of your visitation. He said, I wanted to be like a mother hen and gather you under my wings, but you wouldn't let me. We need to let him. Some of us are not letting him. He said, all these things are going to come upon you because you haven't known the time of God's visitation. God visits every one of us at some time or the other, sometimes in sickness, sometimes in a church sermon, sometimes in a personal tragedy, sometimes in some different way. I want to ask you today, do you know the time of your visitation? God's been visiting you. We need to believe in Christ. We need to know the time of his visitation. I want to tell you something else, and I'm going to say this even though I sound like a crack record. I say this to the folks who work with me and for me. You know the best thing I can get you to do? It's not to come to church, though I want you to come for the excitement. (laughs) You know the best thing I can get you to do, the very best thing, is to read your Bible. Mm -hmm. I know that some of you don't do it because you don't feel your need. I feel my need because I'm a sinner saved by grace and I'm not strong enough. I can't be the person that God wants me to be because I'm not strong enough. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and I need every day to read his word. And when the pressure is on, as it is all the time now, we we have calls from here and there and letters to respond to. If I neglect my Bible, then something happens inside that starts to die. I wish today that you and I would make a commitment to God that we're going to read our Bibles we're going to go to church. We're going to keep the Holy Sabbath because we're saved by grace through faith. We're going to try to get away from this awful religion of just sheer emotionalism. I believe in emotionalism, but I believe in living according to the Word of God. Amen. Harold, I want you to come, and, and I want Martha to come too. This is when we get to sing a duet, Martha going to be something for you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I want us to sing a song. You know it well. We're going to sing it softly. See you with our spirit now. Close your eyes. Lord, Lord prepare, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
3: Tried right and true With thanksgiving I'll be a living Sanctuary For you One more time What we're going to do
2: Let's sing it Paul A cappella Sing it Listen
3: Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, with your spirit, I'll be on living To every for you once more, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.
2: Our Father, today, we ask you to prepare us to be sanctuaries. We pray that you'll take all of our sin out of our hearts and out of our lives and wash us clean today. We believe we're living in the closing hours in the history of this world and the forces of passion and evil have been loosed. But we thank you that God is preparing a temple, not a temple of doom, as was the old sanctuary. That's what it became. But God is preparing a habitation for his people who have become sanctuaries filled with Christ. And so, dear Father, today, Make us your sanctuaries. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Thank you for hearing us. Be with Claudia at this time. Be with the man who was interjecting before. Speak to his heart. Bless our congregation. Establish them, strengthen them to be your sanctuaries through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.